I fell into a ring of fire. I fell in. When you kiss me, fever, when you hold me tight. Fever. Welcome to Fever FM. Uh, tonight I'm joined by Dale, Cam, and Tracy. How are we all? Pretty good. Very well, uh, Frosty. Very well, thanks, buddy. Doing okay, uh, thanks. I'm super impressed that I haven't called it the wrong podcast yet, and that's about as good as I'm doing at the moment. So, <laughs> those intros do need some work, mate. I know. <laughs> I, maybe I need to do warm ups beforehand, a little bit of a jog <laughs> down the hallway, or just write some shit down. <laughs> that has never been my way, Cameron, and you know that yeah, full that is, well. That is fair. Uh, let's get into that round four clash. Uh, so Phoenix taking on Melbourne City at the Arena of Seagulls. Uh, <laughs> and yet again, probably more Seagulls than uh, crowd members. She was pretty quiet. But um, some changes, everybody. Some changes to the lineup. Uh, so the starting lineup was Wayne, Sass, Ball, Old, Lewis, Pennington, Sutton, Wooten, Payne, Elliot, and Sale. Payne dropping into that centre back position as well. A lot of changes and very surprising changes. Where do we want to start discussing those? Probably with uh, with Ball coming back straight into the starting lineup without any minutes in his digs at all was was a massive surprise. I was going to say about the biggest surprise, but actually there was quite a few big surprises in that lineup. So too fair, but I was uh, genuinely surprised that they. Uh, took the risk uh, of just throwing him straight back in. You questioned me when I suggested it, but he's just one of those personality types. He just wants to be involved. I, I don't think you could have kept him out. Uh, just like one of those sorts of guys that would just would have pestered you until you said yes. He didn't get involved though, did he? No, oh, he, he's got to be short of some fitness, eh? He's got to be absolutely hammered right now. I mean, he still tried to do all of his running, but boy, the legs weren't ready for it. I think the bigger question around this all, mate, is why do we think Ufi made those changes? Why did he drop Costa and BK and Laws specifically? And why did he bring Andrew when we know he he yanked Lewis at halftime the week before? Like, what? Uh, what? Why have he, has he specifically chosen those guys? Um, and I have theories. Okay, well, I'm I'm quite keen to hear them. I I think um, I think laws and pain. It was literally just a defensive. We're going to get we're going to go under the pump here. Uh, Costa he hasn't been playing well, and I think the other guys he just was trying to keep their powder fresh. It's like this is a game uh, with table topping city who have won all the games so far, and we struggle to go to Melbourne at the best of times. I think this was one, let's rest it, see if we can stay level, you know, stay in it, bring on the big guns and see if we can nick it at the end, maybe. I have an alternative theory. Yep. I, I reckon we, we set up to play counter in this. We definitely do. Because you look, I mean, our two, potentially our two fastest players up front, probably Wayne and Sass, I think. And Sass played centrally, which we haven't seen him play before. And I think purely that was before because they thought we probably won't have much ball when we get it, we want our best ball-playing people. So we've got a defensive person in Pennington there to, to clean up the but with our best ball-playing midfielder, which is probably Lewis at the moment, 
feeding those balls to our two fastest players up front. Mm, interesting. I've got another theory as well. Can I jump in? And I would yeah. actually agree with Dale uh, in that the way they have they were playing Sutton and Elliott because being able to bomb those fullbacks on and support any kind of any break that suggests that he was just looking to count. He wasn't looking to play possession, which um, let's face it, City City did the old switcheroo on us by letting us have all the ball for a goodly part of the game. So what's your theory, Cam? I actually think he gave a couple of guys a rocket um, and he dropped them as because they hadn't been doing well or delivering what he expected them to do. Um, so in that situation, Laws, um, BK, and to an extent, Yugarkovic as well. So Lewis had already had the, the rocket at Costa. the halftime. Not going to Costa yet. Um, the previous... Um, the previous match, Lewis had got dropped at halftime um, and obviously had received some stern words at that point in time. Um, he started this one and dropped Yugarkovic. So it's not just uh, Lewis isn't doing what he's expected to. Obviously, it was a pairing of eights that weren't doing what he's expected to. Krajev was uh, is there for his creativity and he wasn't creative against Newcastle in that show. That's why he was subbed there and I think that could be why he was dropped. Just to show that actually we've got other cabs that can do the same thing. Um, so yeah, so I think whilst I agree we were set up to play on the counter-attack, I think the choice of the personnel for that was there was a very deliberate reasoning, not necessarily because of speed. What about you, Trace? I have to admit I haven't seen the last two games that we've played, so I couldn't comment. Nah, you can still comment. Yeah. yeah. Just go for it. Your records but, are as good as ours. And, but I just I just don't know. That's the thing. But it sounds to me like it was a rocket because if you're dragging players at halftime in a game previously, then that's saying something. And then if you're dropping players to start the next match, then again, that's saying something to those players. Sort of just you need to shape up almost. Um, just going back to Dale's point, earlier about Sass playing in a position that we've not seen him play before. We've only <laughs> seen him play for 20-odd minutes before, so of course. Well, no, 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 no. Hang on. He did, he did play a couple of FA Cup, uh, Australian Cup games where he was in those sort of 10... You know, he's a he's a wide player, right? He's a, a winger-ish. So the fact that he played century and um, that doesn't make sense to me unless we were set up to try use his pace in behind, but you know, as we saw Melbourne City kind of sat in and let us have it. And so he looked completely lost because his what he was there to do, he couldn't do because um, there was no the space to do it. And, you know, I've seen lots of people were critis- uh, critical of his performance, but I just don't think it was his... It just doesn't... The, the game wasn't set up, as it turned out, on the field to be what perhaps it was meant to be. I think if it continued as it had on the first 10 to 15 minutes, I think it might have been. Because we looked in that first 10 to 15 minutes, we were having quite a lot of joy between the two centre-backs and just outside the centre-backs, with Wayne getting in behind and Sutton getting in behind and Ball getting in behind. And we created plenty of opportunities early. So I think if that had continued and Melbourne hadn't managed to tighten up those, the gaps and tighten up their marking and cut out those spaces using their six, uh, cut out those channels using their sixes, then uh, may, he may have been able to come into the game a bit more. Yeah, maybe. Um, but it's a bold call. Uh, we should probably get into the game. Um, so Sutz, uh, not the person you'd expect the ball to drop to uh, early doors, uh, getting forward and basically not getting on target. Is there anything more that we can say about that than he just needs to get those on target? 
yeah, it was, it was a really good chance. I think it was at the time it looked a bit harder, but I think on reflection, it was actually quite a a pretty good chance, much better than the one he scored. That's for sure. Yeah, completely unmarked at the far post. What and only the keeper in front of you. Yeah. You have to minimum be hitting the target. He had enough time uh, to to put that pretty much where he wanted to. Um, is that the difference between a fullback and a, a striker, really, though? So I actually did see this. So I was sitting at 660, waiting for 660 to start, and I was watching the football on my phone. Sorry to the warm-up acts, didn't watch much of that. Um, and I did see this, and I remember yelling, you've got to score those, and everyone around me looking at me really weirdly. <laughs> probably, th- probably thought you got the wrong lyrics to a Supergroove song. Out of, out of, out of context. <laughs> or possibly we're buying something at a concert that maybe you shouldn't have. Yeah. Or a hot guy walked past. <laughs> it was none of the above. It was I was watching the football, but sure, we'll just run with that. Nah, but you're right, Trace. You you are you've got it. You've nailed it on the head, mate. You've got to score those, mate. Is this and and the same thing happened with the Wayne chance, um, where he was through and missed the target completely. You've got to score those. Yeah, he was he was called back for offside, but the the replay they showed looked quite marginal. So if he's if Make VAR make the decision. Make VAR make that decision. Yeah, I, we, we should probably mention that that opportunity. That is a spectacular ball by Clayton Lewis. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Direct and dropping it down. And Wayne showed good pace to just strip off uh, those centre def- center defenders and, and get another couple of steps on them so he could take touches hmm. before he hit it. Yeah, so we had a lot of joy in those in those channels in the first ten to fifteen minutes, and it took it took a change from City formationally or or tactically from their from their defensive mids to stop the balls going through. We were doing really really uh, well through there. Well, to be fair, I don't think it was even that because that that ball skipped the midfield completely. Like there was a few that we kind of well, we've shown that we can hit them from a bit deeper. I think that maybe they they were play, they started playing a bit deeper in that back four. Just to just to offset that, yeah. I mean, they might have uh, seen how we set up and thought, yeah, we can we can counter this mm, by by make. just block blocking it up the blocking up the middle and hitting them where, um, yeah, pressing us where they thought there was a chance to win the ball, which is you know, basically how they scored pretty, their, their two goals. Pretty much, we kind of gave them the ball and said, "Here you go, have a shot." Yeah, we, unfortunately, we're kind of leading into this, uh, giving that ball back to them. Uh, I can't remember who the shot was, but shot right uh, towards the top of the box. Uh, desperate attempt by um, uh, Payne to try and slide in and block the tackle. Unfortunately, left an arm dangling. Um, is anyone going to try and argue that this wasn't handball under the current laws? No, not under the current interpretation. This was fine. There's no argument with that decision I, at I all. I don't know that I would have argued under the old laws either, to be quite honest. Yeah. He, he's got his arms up. Something that I, when I was watching the replay about what Clayton Lewis's role was in that goal, in that goal, because Sass, Sass loses the ball in midfield, and he, he's he's played a ball into yeah, I think Pennington plays the, the second goal, he, Dale. Yeah, 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 it is. Yeah, um, and Sass, Sass gives out the ball, and um, Clayton Lewis is hanging out left back for some reason, and he's got Tilio, which who ends up getting the ball to shoot. Um, it's sort of 10, minute, 10 metres in front of him towards halfway. And when Saskia's at the ball, Clayton Lewis kind of turns slowly, puts his hands up in the air in, you know, frustration, all while his his opposition player is running past him at full pace and he's kind of just turning and slowly jogging back. And by the time I think Leckie plays the ball, you know, mm. he's, he's five yards ahead of him. So it's kind of that one where for all of his 
um, attacking output and passing range, like those little moments of switching off sort of cost us quite a big, quite a big moment. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd also say that it's kind of the, it's that mentality of a midfielder to kind of soak up space and he just hadn't clicked, oh, I'm in the back line, I need to keep a line. And so he just switched off. Um, you're right. So you want someone, if they're covering that left back while Sutton goes up, they've got to be able to um, cover and keep that line. But yeah, he disappeared there. Left, I think, basically left us with a two on three um, when Leckie got the ball. And um, to be fair to Tilligo, he called for it straight away. He was pointing at his feet. Leckie got it to him and it was a it was a tidy we finish. Uh, the ball was kind of bobbling. Um uh, Dale, you're the resident uh, keeper. I, I have questions for you about Sale. I thought he Do kind you? of Yeah, I it seems really weird that he kind of came out and stopped a fair distance away. I thought he would either go to because there was basically Tilio was in space. I thought he would go to and get as close to and make himself large, but he stopped and then tried to, to block. Uh, yeah, well, this is always this trade-off between uh, wanting to be able to react to a shot and trying to make yourself bigger, um, and especially with a bouncing ball, charging out is a bit more um, high risk because the ability to get chipped is, is much greater. Um, well, I thought he was close enough that he wouldn't have been chipped, or it certainly would have had to been a, a very good effort to, to chip him at that you know at that range. But yeah, I mean, again, I'm no expert. No, you're not. No, definitely not. My. <laughs> Harsh and funny. But he's dead on. My instinct would have been to go get as large as I could by clattering the bejesus out of him. So, you know. Well, a- I guess one of, the, one of the things I think um, is I think it's probably the first time that they got down our end, I think. Oh, no, that was the second goal, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. yeah they no, they no, did have a couple of opportunities, but they were very much counter. And it was a quick, almost, you know, a, a, a um, fencing thrust. It wasn't like... Con, you know, consistent possession and sure. putting us under siege. No, it was it, the best opportunities they created. We gave them to create. All the best opportunities came from mislaid passes through the midfield, through transition play. And it was if it, if we'd been a little more efficient with our passing, a little more accurate with our passing through midfield, then the opportunities they had would have been negated. So, yeah, it's they they never really got on top. We gave them the opportunity to be I, on top. I think that's a little unfair to their pressing. Um, that that second goal, the press that they put on Sass, that was good. They, they, they reacted as soon as the ball start, was played into them and got on top of them before... Before he could even get the ball under control. Sure. But it wasn't just the goal, though, right? Because there were other opportunities yeah. as well. And they were coming from us not being efficient no. in midfield. Uh, and that's uh, presumably why um, Uffi made that triple sub at 54 minutes. So Costa coming on for Sass, uh, Zavada coming on for Wayne, and Crave coming on for David Ball. Um, how do we think David Ball managed in his 50 minutes? He looked a bit, he looked a bit leggy to me. Leggy by the end, yeah. Um, but I think he gave you what he always gives you, and it was a full-hearted performance. And I think with more minutes in his legs, he'll get back to the old David Ball. I, I can't recall of him doing anything of note at all. I, it just felt to me like he his fitness wasn't there, and he was a quarter step too slow. Again, match fitness. 
because his thing is it's not that he's the fastest it's not that he's the um the trickiest he's always just the guy that's going at 100 miles an hour right and if he's going at 90 miles an hour and he's just that little bit too slow you just i don't think he'll be playing catch up the whole time i think cam's right i think if he can stay fit he'll still be back to his normal but when he's not fit he's just that step behind unfortunately Yep, and I say he gave you everything he had on the weekend, absolutely everything he had. But he just he needs more minutes, and hopefully he can get some with the first team. Hopefully, the during the World Cup break he can find a couple of games for the for the Rezies as well, which would be good because um, you know all the minutes count. Yep. Um, so let's talk about that that substitute that uh, again we're talking about. We've got to get things on target. Zavada, that's a golden opportunity from. Um, 15, 16 yards out, not getting it on target. I'll be, I'll be honest, the, the, the three the three people sub is the only indicator for me that, uh, of what you said, Frosty, where we were setting up to keep it tight and then push and push late. The only reason I consider that is because he brought, brought on those three attacking players when he brought on those three attacking players. That's the only indication for me. Because... And those three guys did actually do quite well. They did change the game. You're right, Zavada, in that one opportunity, he's, he's you know, got to be doing much, much better, which see, which feels like a, a Phoenix story for the first four rounds, to be fair. Um, but yeah, it was. I, I actually thought BK changed the game. I thought her in, uh, him in, um, in the attacking space, when we got the ball to him, he was the one that was... He looked really, really uh, penetrative. He was uh, good on the ball, finding passes. It was, yeah, his influence on that, I think, was the biggest change of all. Yeah, I think we had a lot more um, uh, penetration, I suppose, uh, with those um, with those other players. <laughs> I knew Tracy would laugh at that. <laughs> I think we just had a few more, few more dangerous players on the field. Like, yeah, I think, yeah, David Ball, I thought was was quite far off the pace. Sass was was playing a role I don't think was suited him, and we bring on a couple of players to replace that. That's quite a big change, and I think they both made an impact um, because I think it just gave Melbourne City another two players they had to worry more about. Uh, whereas I think in the first sixty minutes or whatever it was, they were quite quite comfortable. Yeah, I kind of um, thinking on what you said before about the, their adjustment cam uh, in the defensive line. It did feel like they dropped their back four a little bit more and were making their midfield do a lot more work. I think that gave Crowe just that that yeah that six yards space. in front of that back four, yeah. and that's where he kind of made it uh, made that Zawada, um opportunity. Um, I, yeah, and and it's yeah, he's a, he's a very different player to Suss, and he's going to interpret that uh, ten role, which is what he usually does in a different way and deliver it in a different way. So they've gone from adjusting for Suss, who's obviously not. Uh, been able to put in the performance he wanted to in that space because again as Dale says it's not his role um, to a guy that is used to being in there and now he's got a bit of extra space because of the adjustments they've made and it showed he, he was he was really really good with that extra space it does feel like he's the sort of guy that is really well suited to that traditional central 10 role though I, I feel almost like he's a bit wasted when we play the wide 10s and we expect him to go drift all the way out and then try and find opportunities in as well yeah. Uh, yeah, he does drift in a lot, and I think that's I think it's partly deliberate because you've got Sutton there who, who tends to bomb on more. So I think Sutton's the one giving you more width, and it's playing a lot higher than our right fullback because of that. So I think, you know, if you look at his uh, like heat maps and stuff, they're definitely more central than, than hugging the touchline. Mm, mm. Well, I mean, that's that's 
something that I guess that Sutz has inherited from Kikache as well. So it's not the worst idea, that lopsided left, high left. Um, the penalty shout, uh, Dale's written this down for me kindly because he knows I have the memory of a sieve and unfortunately it has failed me here because I can't remember it. It's a so Wooten on Wooten on McLaren. No, it's that's not, a that's a pen. Got nothing. You don't, you don't remember it? The one that went to VAR and they didn't give it. Oh, we know up. So Wooten's gone diving in on McLaren. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Wooten's gone diving in on McLaren, and uh, the ref has not given the penalty. Um, VAR has said you need to take a look at it, and he's well, taken a look the, at it. He's he got the left foot in just to clip it away, right? Yeah. When, when he took out McLaren's uh, foot, yes, that's right. When he got the left, left foot of McLaren, so yeah, I, I, to me, that's a penalty all day. I'm stoked we didn't get against us. I think um, the refs missed a trick there. There was there was definitely. Ooh, a it, it's to me, it's that interpretation of where the shoulder to shoulder line is, right? Because no, because he wasn't I, shoulder to shoulder. He's dived in at his feet. This this this. Yes, McLaren was in the air, but I don't understand how that in any way, shape or form, stops the contact from being a foul. He's taken McLaren's foot. It's definitely a foul in the box. Can I, can I, can I argue the alternate? Please do, yes. I, I, I want to be educated in this because I don't see how we got away uh, with maybe, it. Maybe it's one of those ones where it's it's not enough to, to overturn. Like if he did it the other way, he wouldn't have overturned it either. But I th- I, like <clears throat> when I slow it down, McLaren tries to control his left foot and has a bad touch and it goes beyond him. And as he's he's trying to drag the ball back, his his foot is behind him, and so he loses balance. So that's, I think that's what causes him to lose that that balance and fall in the air. It's not the not the um the tackle because the tackle doesn't come to a bit later, and by the time the impact happens from Wooten on McLaren, Laws has basically got the ball already. So, um, I guess you you kind of look at that and go, even without contact, would the play have changed at all? Did it stop McLaren playing the ball? Would, would, where would the ball have gone? For me, it, it, the whole thing is, is the same. It, the ball would have gone in the same spot. Can you give penalties without the player having the ball in the box? You can. Yeah. I, again, I, I just I I look at that and go, there's contact between McLaren and Wooten on his foot. Whether and the argument I think it was Kersey was the ref, wasn't it? That he made it was like the guys in the air. There's the it doesn't change the the way it's played. Or something. He's like already really he was already falling or something like that. Sure, yeah, but you've seen those given often, very very often. And if it had been given, VAR's not questioning it at all. They're not bringing that question up at all to say that that wasn't a foul. There. So I think I think we've got lucky and dodged one completely and gone. Yay! Hey, that's great. I think but with these situations, I think Kersey will be answering with the questions from the um, from the refs review panel. I for think that. If you, uh, there's a bit of a area of grey here. Like Dale says, he was going, and if you take it like to the very nth degree, you know, it's like if Wooten kind of slid in and McLaren landed on him, there's still contact. It was still basically initiated by Wooten coming across. Would we say that's a pen? We wouldn't, right? So somewhere in between those two points is either a grey area or a tipping point. And I'm a bit iffy whether it should have been given. Like if McLaren had that ball under control, I think that it becomes a very different story. 
Yeah. If it doesn't do a bad first touch, I think it's it's, it's yeah. more justifiable as a pen. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think all day if it's right at his feet and he gets touched, even if he's going down slightly, yeah, doesn't matter. But I know. mean, I'd be filthy if it was like against us. It was the reverse. I'd probably be like, you know, that's a pen, but... <laughs> everything everything for yeah. us is a pen everything against is not that's those are the rules yeah so it was it, it, it was an interesting call um i don't think we're going to find a an agreement on this but that's okay i was stoked with the outcome obviously but i okay yeah just didn't necessarily think we should have got it speaking <laughs> of being stoked with the outcome uh we get on to the the mighty sam sutton uh the ball has come out of the box and in, in amongst the traffic uh Oh, it's coming out of the traffic. Sutton on the edge of the box has just leveled a volley. Um, the question was, was Zabata impeding um, the keeper's vision? Uh, I don't think so. He's just clubbed it into the back. No. No. The, the keeper was um, was to, from Sutton's perspective, was to the right. And the ball's gone between the keeper and Zabata. And mm. hasn't it? So has not, oh, was it PK? Yeah, I can't remember which one. It was, was, it was, oh, was it? Was it Wilson? Yeah, yeah, Wilson. Yeah, so we've got a lot of tall timber in there at the moment. Um, so there's no way in the world that he's impeded the play at all. He's gotten out of the way and he hasn't stopped the keeper from getting no. to the ball. So fair enough to check. I've got no issue with them checking that because then um, the lino can't necessarily get the depth perspective from where he is and the ref has probably got a obscured view because of the number of players yep. in there. So yeah, it was a fair enough check, but there was he was no... No way he was impeded. No, he was outside the, the line. Uh, I, if anything, I was thinking it was the, the player inside uh, in that melee of players. There was, there was a next player who was towards that that might have been, but he wasn't offside. So, yeah, the only the only thing impeding that not being a goal was the ability of the goalkeeper because he basically palmed it straight into the back of the net. I don't think he saw it. I think that came through. Like I think he was unsighted. That's why he went. Like he was, just, he knew it was going. He saw a flash of it and just stuck his hand out. That's why I reckon it was so hard. My first view, I thought it was deflected, uh, which may have explained it, but oh. I don't think it was. I think it's gone straight. I just, just what I saw it, I thought it'd taken a deflection. Okay. Uh, the next more important thing is uh, the celebration from Sam, from Sam Sutton. Nothing, <laughs> just. The casual. I can do those all day. Yeah, I but we'd, we'd already had one goal. Wouldn't, didn't we already have a goal ruled off uh, offside because Krayev scored one? Yeah. But he was genuinely yeah, yeah. uh, oh, genu- yes, genuinely yes. offside, and it was you know given it was given offside. Fair enough. Um, but when the second one goes in and gets referred and gets overturned for V, uh, you know he's he's just worried that no, it's going to be overturned. Is, so I think his lack of celebration for immediately is because he sees no. the VR and then he's just gone. Oh shit. But so by the time the goal is actually given, he's lost that initial joy of scoring. This is anyway, a good so. defender's goal, yep. mate. He's whacked it in. He knows it. And he's just like, yep, do it all day. <laughs> all day. Nah. Yeah, that, we should actually say that that Cruyff header was a cracker. That The ball in was fantastic. Yeah, generally, generally was offside, though. Needs to give himself an uppercut for that because he didn't need oh, to be offside. There. He was, a, yeah, it, it was eight inches, mate. It was, you know, he was barely offside. Yeah, you're right. He's got a... Don't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Still offside. But, Didn't need to be. It's a it's a it's a proper um uh, satirical. But it's nice to be able to get um set piece goals and goals with the head. We've got some options in there now, so that's I'm liking that. Uh on to the uh the wonderful clincher. Um nice little <laughs> a nice little ball uh, into Costa on the edge of the box. Uh, and I can't remember who it was. I thought Costa had it caught under his feet, but he managed just to stab it beautifully. I thought that was really nice control, considering 
where the ball was. I think I think it was Yugakovic to Lewis and Lewis to Colson. Old, yeah, it was old, yeah. Um, yeah, that was lovely. I, I thought he'd um thought his first touch had yeah, got it stuck under his feet, but that finish was yeah, perfect. I, it honestly looked like um, the ball had kind of he'd just accidentally run into it and the ball had just bounced off, but then when you see it he's actually yeah. just given it a little toe. Yeah. It's, it's clever, eh, because it it you know, if he takes another split second to, you know, try caress it into the corner, you know, the keeper's there to either dive at it or the, the current defenders tries to make block. The fact you take so so quickly is the, the pivotal thing because it's past everyone before everyone's sort of reacted. It's, it's from start to finish that was it was such a nice goal. Um and the two passes in the lead up just yeah. Perfect. You you're exactly right. Uh, the the look on the keeper's face, he was expecting a touch and he suddenly the ball was kind of going past him and I think he just basically just looked down at it. He didn't even yeah. really see it going. Oh, this was this the one where Sutton, uh, not Sutton, um, Ugarkovic goes on a little bit of a mazy, yeah, uh, jinx and yeah, man, he's got a sidestep on him, that boy. When he's yeah. on, he's on, eh? Needs to, he was uh, definitely good um, after he came on. Um, that again, that Lewis Ugarkovic combination in midfield. Like once once we made those subs and started bringing those players on, I, I actually think there was only one team winning that. I think once we got, especially once we got that second. Um, I genuinely thought we could have gone on to kick on to win there, and I don't think so. It was a little bit, um, I mean, um, Lewis had that chance right at the death where he had a free shot there at the top of the box and hit it straight to the keeper. But <clears throat> I can understand why they did it, but it was slightly disappointing where after the red card, we kind of just knocked it around for two or three minutes and were like prepared to take the short. And I can see why you go to uh, you know, point away to City, you take it. But oh man, it'd be so tempting to roll the dice a bit more and maybe give you know, one more chance up, up front because we, we started to look you know dominant and they were you know, getting a, but, getting a bit scratchy at the back. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But Should we talk about well, that, Get on to it. Um, but I, I can see why they're doing that. Yeah, having losing a central defender is like it, it damages their defensive capabilities. But we know full well that someone like Jamie McLaren can have a nothing game and then pop up in the 90-something minute and just slot one. So I could imagine that was in the back of their heads. Um, okay, Cam, let's uh, let's talk red. Yeah, it was a second yellow for an elbow to the head. Certainly, I don't think it was uh, deliberate, um, a deliberate elbow, but he has got his raised elbows, and I guess that makes it dangerous play, which would be in the second yellow for him. Um, he has certainly clattered Costa, and there is quite a bit of blood, so he gets the lucky head bandage after that as well. Um, I, I reckon if there's no blood, that's not a second yellow. That he doesn't get one, I reckon. It does look pretty like it goes, you know, his arm kind of brushes against his head. It's not sort of, you know, you know, reach back or anything like that. I thought it was just tricep. I thought he just rubbed it up against him. Yeah. And Do you reckon they've done that, uh, the old school uh, wrestling trick with yeah. himself and Nick? Yeah. And then <laughs> make it look worse yeah, than it is. He's gone down and given, got himself near to the <laughs> Probably find he's got a sharp yeah. thumbnail or something. Just. Oh, I was going to say a broken piece of uh, a plate or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, <laughs> it's a shocker. <laughs> but, but yeah, either either way, once once there's clarity, it's got to be right. He's got to go. Um, it's yeah, it's not going to be a um, it's not going to be a straight red. It certainly didn't feel like there was anything particularly I, in I that. I thought it was rough as a yellow, to be quite honest. It just didn't look. Yeah, it was hilarious that the defender whose name escapes me now, but he charges over to look, uh, um, 
Tacosta to give him a verbal and then realizes yes, he's, he's bleeding. Yeah. He's like, ooh, maybe. <laughs> like as if he's tried to milk yeah. it. And he's like, oh, wait, this guy's yeah. like, doesn't have blood on his head. It was lamb. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, that was yeah. quite funny. He's standing over him and then, oh, <laughs> he's, yes, not giving him the verbals he thought he would. I can understand that, though, because at least it just looked like a nothing. Yeah. It didn't, really didn't look that bad at all. I, I, yeah. I don't know quite what happened there. I mean, for all I know, Costa, like, when I saw it the first time, I'm like, he's gone down. Has he just bumped into, Costa's got a bit of a cut already, and he's just brushed against it, and he's like, ow. Yeah. Or, I thought yeah. maybe no. even he'd accidentally no. bumped him in the eye or something, and but I don't get it. Yeah. But yeah, yeah uh, another one of the, um, I can't remember how many reds are up to, what, eight reds in 21 games or something in the A-League. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot, eh? It's an awful yeah, lot. Yeah, it, it seems like the the referees have been given a mandate for uh, studs or anything. There's like, four yeah. on the weekend. There was four reds of this weekend in six games. Yeah, because there was one in the Brisbane game, one in to Western United, one to MacArthur, and one to Melbourne City. So there's there's a lot of cards this weekend. The, the Reds, uh, unfortunately, did come out to play a lot this round. Uh, we'll go through the the uh, scores and those Reds now because there's almost as many Reds as goals. Uh, Wanderers, again, getting getting the three points over the Jets. Um, I genuinely don't know what Jets team turned up because every time I watch the Wanderers, they don't look good, but they're managing to get points. It's the Rudan way, right? It's the... He's a passion and the you know commitment to grind out. Are oh, they just terrified of him? Don't know. Well, I mean that works until it doesn't, right? Like yeah. the other game, uh, the Raw versus the Victory in somewhat sweltering conditions, uh, a nil board draw again for the Raw. Uh, this time, getting a nice little red is their only piece of silverware from that game. Um, I did not see this. Did anyone? I just saw the highlights and went, "No, thank you." No, didn't see yeah, it. Yeah, I think it was a third game victory. Haven't scored a goal, I think. Mm, I think the Roar. Of... When do we play them? Well, we can play them back into form. Don't worry. Um, that's that's yeah. what I'm worried about. I, I'm sure this is yet. the second nil all draw for the Roar as well. Um, yeah, I'm... well, I've only scored one goal in four games. So. Oof, cheapers. Uh, team that is scoring goals are the Mariners. Uh, down 2 0 and put four on Western United. Uh, with Western United getting uh, picking up a nice little red, uh, yeah, red all day. But uh, Kual and Cummings looking the business. Uh, They're going to miss him in January. Yeah, Kual, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think Good Cummings time. will as well because he's really been a bit of a, a nuisance and a provider, and it gives it coming a lot of space. Um, so all the better for us. Uh, MacArthur, again, uh, picking up a red as well uh, and going down to Sydney, 3-2. Um, this had a, had a bit of um, interest in it. Uh, yeah, I had, it, I had it on the background. Um, again, another another red card in that game from from a dog so, which I thought was was clear. Lots of people seem to say, oh, we killed the game because it was so early. Well, it wasn't even that early. It was 37 minutes. But Aspro kind of like tries to control a long ball and absolutely mis- miscontrols it and then has it coming together with, I think, Patrick Wood and I mean, he's sort of basically threw on goals. So I don't really have any concern with that. Yeah, I think it, I, I think I heard someone basically describe it really perfectly as that if he'd just 
if Aspro had just gotten rid of it first time, there's nothing there, and then he just panics and kicks the first thing he sees, basically. Yeah, I mean that's what I guess frustrates me when this all this talk about like referees is like we had all this talk about that one decision, but no one mentioned like how terribly like he played the ball and that like you know like there's so much focus on the referee for making a perfectly fine decision and not on the player for making a terrible play. Mm. Yeah, very much so. Uh, similar thing with the um, keeper in the Brisbane game. There were there were protestations. And it's kind of like, oh, but he, you know, he came to the ball and the ball got kicked towards him, and and it's like, yeah, but he jumped through and elbowed the other player in the head. Somewhat of a you know party foul in any game. Uh, on to the next game, uh, Adelaide getting a two-one over Perth. Uh, I, I'm sorry, but I just don't watch Perth this season. It's proving to make me very sad. <laughs> yeah, I don't watch it either. Yeah, yeah, I think it's safe for all parties. Uh, and obviously, City drawing tool with the mighty Knicks, apart from their big slice of red. Uh, on to the next fixtures. We have the Victory playing the Jets. I am not sure what's going to happen here because it looks like either team could beat or lose to anyone else in the competition. Uh, City are playing... Well, Victory can't score to save themselves, so I'd be making actually Newcastle. Yeah, except we just don't know which Newcastle is going to show up. Um, City are playing Perth. I'm pretty sure this is a comfortable win for City. Cricket score, man. That makes me a cricket score. Yeah, that could be pretty feisty. Uh, An interesting game coming up uh, with Wanderers playing the Mariners. Uh, See if uh, Mariners can continue some of that red-hot uh, goal scoring form if so I think uh, Marco Rodan will be ripping strips off players and that could be fun to watch uh, the Knicks are playing MacArthur back at home 3pm on Sunday that should be another classic I do believe it's even going to be reasonable weather he says touching wood uh, Brisbane Raw playing Sydney uh, again is this just Sydney running out Sydney haven't been particularly um, convincing at all haven't they considered the most goals this season? Uh, they're not being convincing. Eight. Look, table's just there. Eight, yeah, there's considered as many as us. Yeah, not being convincing, but they're only, they're up against the Raw, who have not been convincing at all. That's true. That's true. Uh, oh, uh, a game of interest, I think, here to sort men from the boys. Western United versus Adelaide. Western United need to start kick their season off a bit. Uh, and Adelaide... Uh, same old Adelaide, it feels like. it's They change the team, the players, but the team seems to just keep trucking along without any fanfare. Yeah, they always seem to fly under a little bit. Uh, but like, kind of like us, uh, people just never have them in the sort of top four, but they always seem to be mm. kind of close to the top six. Fighting yeah. for it, at least. Yeah. Yeah. But Western United, somehow sitting at the bottom of the table with only one point, negative uh, five goal difference, which I don't think anyone picked, did they? Not as defending premiers. No, I expected they'd be top three. I, I thought they would be in the, you know, somewhere amongst the mix of it. But it's starting to look like a long, long haul already. I mean, nine points off the yeah. lead, and it's only four games in. That's yeah. You don't want to leave that too long. Uh, right on to the A League. Macarthur. Oh, Macarthur. Yeah, do we haven't even discussed how we're going to go this weekend, mate. You really want to do predictions already? Okay. Let's do that. Um, well, no, I was going to say we've we've we played for about forty minutes against City. 
in that 40 minutes, we looked like world beaters. We looked fantastic. We could score lots. We created lots of opportunity. But then in the 50 minutes, we continually gave them the ball away from the midfield. So I genuinely think that back in 2010, we had the season where we started like six draws and a loss from our seven, seven games, and then we smashed the Gold Coast uh, 6-0. And this feels kind of like that, where if we turn up for a full 90, we're actually going to demolish somebody. But it doesn't look like yet we can throw that full 90 together. Um, Counterpoint, you, you're 40 minutes which is about 30 minutes more of good play we've, than we've done in a game this season. <laughs> we have shown that... Sure, so, so so it's an improve. I actually disagree. I think we should um, we were better than Mariners and we were better than Adelaide and should have won both yeah, of Yeah, but we games. didn't put it... We didn't... Um, and played, played much better football than them for longer periods of time. And this game against City, who are top of the league and uh, obviously the best team in the league, we played excellently for 40 minutes and should have won from that performance and we put that together for 90 we destroy macarthur absolutely destroy them problem is we don't know if they're yeah, going uh, to. biggest uh, word in the english language if if yeah but that's the point who do you think is turning up what do you think is going to happen yeah uh so macarthur now sitting fifth they're kind of having an up and down season one uh one one drawn two and lost one uh, they haven't set the world on fire, but they're also not not uh, shelling points. That they were a team that managed one of those nil all draws with uh, Brisbane as well. But also, in saying that, bet Adelaide. So it's not yeah, definitely there for taking, especially without Davila there. Um, I assume he's still out with hamstring. I, be- I I believe so, but maybe he's like he might still be back by Sunday. You never know. It's probably still injured now. Yeah, that that said, they've still got Azani and Noon in there. Uh, they're pretty dangerous. And uh, your, Dale, your favourite, LA Rose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, number one fan. Yeah. Oh, it, it just burns me that he scores against us. Azani will probably score a hat tracker, no doubt. I mean, he's like one of those players that's either it's all or nothing, right? It's either he looks like a diamond or he looks like a piece of coal. There's nothing in between. For me, he's the sort of guy, he looks great, but he always takes too many touches. It's like, looks great, looks great. Oh, he's giving the ball away. And he just doesn't seem to quite know when to get rid of it. Um, do we do we think, uh, what do we think our odds are here? 50-50? I think we win. I think we win. I think we win, but it'll be by a goal, like a 2-1 kind of scoreline. Yeah, I mean, we don't really tend to smash teams um, if he doesn't really do that. Most of his wins are by one goal, so it just feels like we can. It feels like we should be with those with the I say that that late the late performance against City was very good, and you put that out against anybody else, and you win that game. Um, but you've got to do it for longer, and if we can, we can smash them. But I think two one feels like a legit next scoreline this um, season. And on to uh, do we what do we think the uh, starting line is going to look like? Do we think it's going to be? changed lineup we saw this time or is he reverting to the uh what we would consider that more start, uh, starting lineup from the beginning of the season i think he plays pennington at central and pair him with either lewis or yagakovic but i think he will go back to bk at 10 and uh sas costa and wayne as the others ball and zavada on the bench Interesting that you would um, 
put Costa in there. I know he scored. Yeah, well, no, he's just he scored and he looked good when he came on and he played well. Um, it might be because he was back at Amy Park and uh, he was playing against City and he was wearing blue. So, you know, pretty much everything was going how <laughs> coming up Costa for that. Uh, and and uh, he always plays well at Amy Park when he's wearing dark blue. So, yeah. Right, unless anyone has any um, further words on the next men's team, we will roll on to the women's team because there is very exciting news. Uh, today at 1pm, the uh, Knicks announced the signing of Emma Ralston. That is a big signing. Yeah, another one you can hang your head on. Yeah, yeah, um, you head on with uh, another Wellington player, um, ex Warfies again. Um, yeah, she must have been yeah really young when she was playing for Wharf. I didn't realise quite how young she was, but she's an. She would have been sixteen because she hasn't been in Wellington for at least nine years. Yeah, or perhaps she yeah, was younger. Uh, yeah, she said she said today she went to Auckland at seventeen for the under twenties. So she would have been at Wharf the years before, a couple of years before that. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, she, I remember covering her when I first started photographing for Wharfies, and she was playing for their women's first team and scoring a hatful of goals all the time. So, excellent, yep. excellent player. I yeah, really, really excited by the impact that the signings in the final third. Uh, for this team are going to have. Yeah. Um, obviously, she's got that international experience, um, been in a, a Bundesliga club, played a lot in Norway, uh, A-League, uh, I think it was for Sydney at one stage, wasn't it? Um, maybe Sydney? Just a couple of games, seven yeah. minutes total. Oh, was it? Oh, <laughs> yeah. okay. Whoops. Was... Yeah, she hasn't, played, she hasn't played a lot. In last year, she, 11 games last year, yeah, seven she, before that. And then she has struggled with injuries, so... Um, hopefully the light, the um, the shorter season should do her well. Um, it should be added that um, part of the reason we were able to sign another Kiwi is, I believe it was Zoe McMeekin. Um, turns out that she was born in Melbourne and let the uh, club know. And so <laughs> that's another Aussie in the team. It's quite funny, eh? Like just what it, what doesn't come to the like front of mind for a player that perhaps if she was born in a different country she should tell someone that or like no one picked it up i can't believe it's been two years and like then he just realized yeah it is very amusing but i'll take it um there's still uh rumors of uh, another player to be signed we're, we're hoping that it could be uh i assume that opens it up for a new local player rather than an overseas player um because they are now up to 19 of their 20 we've got one more kiwi i see um philip rollo was saying today that He's expecting it to be Millie Kluge, I think. Yeah, he suggested it a couple of a couple of weeks ago uh, that she was off contract somewhere, and uh, wouldn't it be nice? Um, yes, it would be. Um, where we where you would fit her into this team, I'm not sure because that front third is looking very full. Uh, obviously, with uh, Satchel uh, and um, Robertson, yeah, Robertson, um, Rolston, I believe. Um, uh, oh, the uh, the junior player they signed as well. We've also got Ava and Grace as well. Yeah. So you know, there's there's a lot, there's an awful lot of attacking talent in that uh, in that final squad third. depth, squad depth, it's, squad depth. And that's something we need to look at though. Is that Paige Satchel and Michaela Robertson both coming back from injuries? Well known coming back from injuries, and Nat has even mentioned that uh, that uh, Paige's coming back from injuries. So they might not be ready for the first game of the season. I hope they are. I genuinely don't know. I've got no idea, but I I hope they are. But if they're not, 
then squat depth makes a difference, right? Well, squat depth makes a difference anyway. I mean, we know that being able to roll subs on in the A-League women's uh, competition, actually, uh, we saw Sydney do it last year to really good effect, being able to bring on some wheels or bring on someone with skills. If you look at the kind of squad, you get a much more feeling it's more like a Ferns A side than perhaps last year where it was like a under-20 side. Like It, felt it like feels like it's it, it's just a bit more kind of towards that. Yeah, it feels like it's a wider Ferns squad more than anything else. Than the number of um, actual um, senior football Ferns in there is quite nuts. In fact, um, five players have been called up to the football Ferns squad for the... Uh, Internationals against South Korea. So we have Betsy Hassett, Paige Satchel, Kate Taylor, and Mackenzie Barry uh, are in there, while uh, Grace Wisniewski has been selected. Um, and obviously we've got... Isn't it six now? Well, Yeah, but Rolo, Michaela Robertson, and Lily Alford have all been uh, in the squad. They're just not in this yeah. particular so squad, right? So we've got yeah. five there's, there's a current. current, plus at least three others who have been that there is... as well. That's just a pretty tidy squad when you've got eight, nine senior internationals in your club side. Uh, so we, uh, the both of those internationals are in Christchurch, uh, which is um, good to see they're spreading the love a little bit. Um, first on November the 12th, which is Saturday, and then three days later on a Tuesday night. A little disappointing, the timing on that, but I guess with... Um, South Korea coming over, they're probably not wanting to spend multiple weeks uh, on a bit of a ticky tour. Yeah, well, then four days later, they have the women have their first game, so it's um, probably not ideal to have a you know be away for the international side the week leading up into your first game of the season. But I guess it's you've got to take those games happens. when they come in in this country, don't we? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you do. And and it's local, which is super helpful, right? Like as opposed to us having to go to yeah. Korea, yeah. Yeah, that's very, very true. Um, would that the um, men, the the all whites would get games in New Zealand so that the next players could participate without going around the world. On to local football, uh, we have a few games scheduled for uh, this weekend. Uh, we should probably go over that the games that were played. Sorry, skipping ahead. Uh, Napier City going down uh, 5-2 to Bubbles. That is a fantastic result. 10-man Bubbles, oh, too. Didn't know that. That is a very good Yeah, result. they. Uh, I think they scored, they, they came from behind with 10 men, scored four with 10 men. Wow. That is... No, they, they were 2-1 up. I thought they were 2-1 down. Well, even 2-1 up and still scoring. <laughs> Going further ahead, that is a good yeah. effort. Uh, Rangers getting a result over the Knicks. Might get uh, the... Acting was it the acting senior manager on the day, Trace? I was indeed. Um, Miramar got their first win of the National League over the Weenix. Um, I'd just like to point out that was also the first game that I ever attended. Lucky so, charm. You know, you do the math. Um, the Weenix just didn't. They weren't alive. They had a couple of um, so Moragas played, um, and he didn't seem to want to be there at all. Um, and who else Who else was it? Um, Finn Sermon played in Finn the centre Finn Sermon, yeah, as well. Like, they just kind of offered nothing. Um, and speaking earlier of chipping the keeper, my gosh, the third goal for Miramar, Sam Mason-Smith has won the ball 
just over halfway, had a tiny little bit of a run, seen the keepers come out, the keepers between his the six yard and eighteen yard sort of box, and Sam Mason Smith just looked up and just pinged one straight over the keeper. Like I was standing right behind him and it was He's done that quite a few times, eh? He's got that in his locker, I think. Yeah, he does. Yeah, it was that very was great, It was a great goal. I agree with Trace. It was a really, really good goal. I actually like your first goal the most, though. Straight from the corner. Oh, yes. Yes, yeah. that was proper, quite proper lulls. Straight quite in. Good. Oh, yeah. quality. So, yeah. so, Trace, are you the official lucky charm and you're going to be invited back? Uh, well, I'm not going to be on manager duty this weekend, but um, I do get to go and watch the game. So, um, I had been out of action watching because of my commitments with the under 19s um so yeah this week though it's kind of frustrating because this week is a 1 p.m kickoff on sunday um and oh, the phoenix yeah. are at three so i've got to do the dash from dvf to the stadium so straight from the tracy hodge memorial stand all the way into the next game That'll be yeah. quite the mad dash. Yeah. I'm going to be doing, I think I'll be doing about half an hour. I'll be doing about half an hour of that Miramar game and then heading off to the stadium. So, a bit frustrating, but mm-hmm. it is what it is. Uh, speaking of, it is what it is. Uh, Auckland United getting a big win over Auckland City. That kind of upsets the apple cart and makes me, Schadenfreude, very happy. <laughs> uh, Birkenhead uh, going 5-3 over Kashmir. Uh and then Christchurch United going down 5-2 to Melville. Some interesting little results going on there. Um, I'm going to be honest, I feel short-changed after what the game that I chose to watch. I only had five goals this weekend, <laughs> considering there were sevens and eights in there as well. So Yeah, yeah. obviously there is some goal scoring going on and maybe not as much defending as some coaches would like. Uh, we'll leave that up to them to decide that. We'll go through the um, table now. Bubble sitting on top with 12 courtesy of Auckland United, uh, who are now sitting second uh, with 11. Uh, Auckland City on 10, Birkenhead on 10, and then Kashmir Tech 6. The Knicks in the middle of the table on 5, as are Napier City Rovers. Melvin United, Miramar Rangers, and Christchurch. Oh, sorry, uh, those two on 4. So Rangers now off the bottom of the table, courtesy of the lucky charms of Tracy Hodge. Uh, Christchurch United now down in last place. Uh, the games for this weekend are Kashmir Tech uh, uh, hosting um, Napier City, Auckland City hosting the Knicks or the Knicks, Bubbles hosting Auckland United, and top of the table clash now. Uh, range, yeah, three o'clock Endeavour Park, well worth getting along for. Uh, if you weren't going to the Knicks, oh, it's on Saturday. So it is. Uh, interesting font. Um, Rangers, as we just mentioned, hosting uh, Christchurch United at 1pm. Uh, if you're keen for the mad dash to the next game. Uh, Melville United hosting Birkenhead. So uh, top of the table clash should be interesting. Uh, yeah, it will, actually. Um, it's, a pity. it's a pity they're playing each other this weekend because obviously with Auckland playing what should be a win game against the next next resis for them um it would be they'll go back into uh second place likely in the league um honestly the olympics playing some phenomenal football at the moment and i genuinely think they could uh roll auckland united in this fortunate to be playing them at home 
to be fair, rather than uh, going up to Auckland. But yeah, I reckon they could roll that and uh, keep rolling into the final mm. quite easily. At home. Yeah, home. Yeah, Endeavour Park, home. Yeah. Good point. Uh, tough um, tough mission uh, for the Weenix to go to Kiwi Tear Street and uh, try and get points. Always a tough one for teams. Uh, that is brings us to a, the end of our scheduled broadcast. Obviously, we have uh, the Knicks to plug a little bit further. Um, remember, 3 p.m. Sunday. The other thing we have to plug is the um, fundraiser that the Knicks are doing uh, with the Gumboot Army for um, to uh, hopefully raise some money for mental health. Uh, the- I was just wondering... The, uh, what the strip might look like. Do you remember the Simpsons episode where they go to Australia and they have the flag where the, the big boot's kicking the bare ass of someone? I can't remember who it is. I can hope, oh, I want that to be on the front of the, the strip. It's just a big gumboot kicking the bare <laughs> ass of an Australian. Um, what Dale was alluding to there is there will be a charity strip for this game uh, to raise money. It, well, it can't be worse than that Hobbit strip, so let's let's hope. Uh, could be a. The surf lifesaving kit was worse than the Hobbit strip. Yeah, by I'm trying stretch. not to even think of that yeah. one, Tracy. Let's hope. Let's hope it's as good as that purple one, because that purple shirt, beautiful. Let's hope it's that well, kind of level. Awesome. Is there a ribbon for, uh, the mental health drive? There normally is. A... I was I was just looking on their website, and it's uh, they have red and black colouring, so it wouldn't surprise me if we go oh. down that route. Oh, I'm sorry, no. It should be like red band style, right? Like black with like a red. Oh. Oh, yeah, like black socks with a, a red band around it, so it looks like gumboots. Oh, it's yeah, like a, bit, a bit like that. Um, that that away strip that Auckland United have this season, which is black with a gold trim. Do the black with a red trim. That I'd be into that in a heartbeat. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I'm. St- it's still too close to Canterbury colours for me. It hurts. I don't have a care about Canterbury, so <laughs> <laughs> at all. Take care that, Canterbury yeah. listeners. Hatred and apathy. That's what we bring. Uh, and I think that's the end of what we've uh, got to chat about. Uh, but nice to be back at the stadium this weekend. I will be recovering from a seven-year-old's birthday. <laughs> I hope you have a better weekend than I do. Yeah, I won't be at that birthday party, buddy. I've, I've got to you game on Sunday, uh, Saturday afternoon. Yeah, I was. Your children. <laughs> no, I wasn't. Your My kids, kids were, were sorry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but unless anyone has a, uh, more interesting news than that, I think we shall uh, bid our listeners adieu and carry on into the night. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk later. Bye.